0: How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, shorthanded for LA, score. Here is Galagoski, he gets leveled with the blue line by Dowdy. 3-4, for 4 kind of like it. And
1: on the right-wing side, here is bully shoots, he scores! Oh, oh! Well done, Battling through it, pointing away. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Okay, so we all knew that coming into the Kings-Blues game that it was going to be pretty important. Um, they weren't actually tied or anything. The Kings just would have pulled uh, within a couple of points, three points, two points, something like that, of the Blues. But instead of closing the gap, they let it widen a little bit by first going down to nothing in the game and eventually losing 3-1. So now things, you know, the playoff picture looking a little tougher for the Kings. They've got quite a distance to make up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Last week, I ended the the podcast on a fairly optimistic and happy note being like, I can't root against them right now. Well, not that we are rooting against them, but I'm like, I can't be so pessimistic quite yet. I'm still fairly hopeful. And I guess i kind of am but i'm taking a step back from my like jaunty enthusiasm that they were gonna pull through because uh, yeah it's we're currently at a five point uh or they're currently five points behind the blues and that is kind of a large gap to overcome when everyone's going to be you know clawing at that last wild card spot
1: yeah exactly like on the one hand you could be like oh it's just you know three wins and they're right back there but at the same time that kind of assumes that all of a sudden the blue skid for three games yes. um, or like with Edmonton who they are seven points behind like those are the gaps that they kind of need to make up in order to stay in the playoff race truly um, and it becomes a more and more difficult task obviously the later in the season that it gets so not a very inspiring night from the Kings against the St. Louis Blues
0: yeah I was really hopeful because it was like the matchup of the you know the teams that are fighting for that last wild card. And I was hoping, like, beyond all hope, that the
1: Kings would pull out on top. And alas. Yeah. Um, and they kind of, it's been sort of a theme the last few games, they of, like, letting the other team score and then coming back. So people were hoping maybe they would do that. Um, in this game, and it didn't really happen. But I feel like just to make ourselves feel better, we should go back and talk about some positive things in the previous games because <laughs> they had wins um, most recently against the Washington Capitals, in which Adrian Kempe scored his first NHL goal. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Go, Adrian Kempe. And it ended up being a game winner, too. So not just any, you know, first goal. A pretty, important a, pretty a pretty significant one. Like during. Uh,
0: well, then, when we didn't know that they were going to be so far behind, I guess, uh, during a like particularly significant time that the Kings needed a win, and there he was, being awesome, and I'm really stoked about it.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I'm really glad that other people are getting excited about him I feel like the more that people have watched him they I mean everybody liked his speed right away but it's cool just to see people settle in and so hes he was asked about his goal and like what he's been trying to do because um, he finally scored his 11th game but he's had other chances he was pretty nonchalant about it <laughs> like oh I, I've had other shots it should have gone in by now <laughs> that's okay you can take a minute to celebrate Adrian it's chill Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool to score your first goal and have it to be a cool one like at the same time Um, but anyway, so when he was asked about what he's been doing and, you know, trying to fit in and settling in, he said that he's been watching a lot of game tape of Jeff Carter, which I thought was pretty fun.
0: If there's anyone to watch, uh especially on the Kings. It's, it's, if you're not already watching Andre Kopitar, but I feel like that's a given, right. but with how well Jeff Carter is doing this season, yeah, just watch lots of game tapes.
1: Yeah, a great approach, I think. His quote was, he scored a lot of goals this season and he's the type of player I like to watch with great speed and a terrific shot. I've been studying his goals and how he gets them. Um, so it sounds like really that he was just watching Jeff Carter in general anyway, <laughs> um, and now has like focused in to really try to see what he can pick up while he's actually playing with this Kings team and learning to play under Daryl Sutter. Um, so that's pretty cool. He's He's got a great role model, and uh, he scored his first goal. Hopefully that means more on the way.
0: I love when people talk about watching other people's game tape, oh, yeah, because too. I know that when I watch people's game tape, I... I'm, like, not paying attention to, obviously, their whatever hockey thing I should be paying attention to. (laughs) Like, whatever skill, like, I should be picking up. I'm just like, ooh, wow, they're so good. (laughs) And and they're like, oh, yeah, I should probably be analyzing, like, the technical business of what they're doing and, you know, how they're taking their shot or, you know, whatever fakes – whatever it is. But I'm just in awe at how great they are. Uh, So I always like to know how many times they watch, like, a particular goal or something, being like, oh, I should probably pay attention instead of just letting – jeff carter dazzle me with his beautiful goals.
1: yeah i'm really always curious to see how many people take the time to go back and look at tape outside of like the team's video sessions um because i feel like you know in the different pieces of media and and in like an interviews like this where they mention it some guys do like they're pretty adamant about doing it like i remember in one of the various like documentary style things that i think was done with the canadians um P.K. Subban was talking about, like, how important it is for him to get, like, game tape, like, on the plane, like, right after the game. He's already looking at what happened and seeing what he can change and et cetera, et cetera, um, on, like, an iPad. So it's pretty cool to me to see, like, who gets really, really into that kind of stuff and then who maybe just tries to pay a little bit more attention, like, on the ice and that way rather than going over old stuff. Um, Because I remember, like, this reminded me of when Foley came up and they told him basically the same like to watch Jeff Carter um and he he just paid like extra attention working with him or whatever I don't know if that meant he also went to look at game tape he never really mentioned it but yeah that kind of stuff figuring out who they're watching how they're watching um in what way that's all super interesting to me. i
0: like how jeff carter tape is like the de facto training video <laughs> right, of <the> yeah <laughs> you know like if you have to watch some like weird safety video when you uh start a new job or some like like training video that looks like it's been made in the 80s or something like that like i've seen that um that's what jeff carter game tape is like i hope that he he's like recorded an intro like hi welcome to the los angeles kings my name is jeff carter yeah. You're about to watch some highlights of uh, stuff that I do. Highlights of me. Um, and then, like, yeah, so on and so forth. And that's, like, that's the intro video that everyone has to watch when they join the Kings.
1: <laughs> he would never do it, but I kind of wish now that he would just go full out to, like, freeze after he scored a goal. And then, like, it sort of, you know, does the little um, picture in picture. The scratch. And he's like, so what I, I did here was... <laughs> And just takes you through it step by step, so you know exactly what he was thinking, what the approach was, what happened to the execution. Just you know, full Jeff Carter uh, how to for rookies in the NHL. So
0: what we want is pop up video to come Basically. back and for <laughs> Je- for
1: Jeff Carter to be
0: like putting his comments there. I also love a Jonathan Quick like one, oh my God. but like just his angry thoughts, just being like, <laughs> I really wanted to like punch Corey Perry here, and then later, like two seconds later, I did, punch and then Corey. so I did. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh man. He was also pretty feisty after a while in tonight's game, um, in the third period, because you know, him and David Perron have such a history. And at one point he got like an extra it was actually Steen who took an extra whack trying to um knock in a goal and Jonathan Quick got mad about it. David Perron was also right there. So instead of actually reaching for Steen, who was the person who had um committed the infraction, he just reached for David Perron, probably because he hates him, which I found entirely amusing. <laughs>
0: well, like, that's what I would do. It's like, oh, all right, whatever, you gave an extra whack, that sucks, but I'm just going to use it as an excuse to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hassle someone else. Like, I feel like he'd do that for, like, Kessler and Perry. Like, if anyone else on the Ducks gave him, like, a, a little extra grief, but he saw that Kessler and or Perry were around, he'd pr- especially Perry, obviously he would go after them first, and if not, he'd be like, alright, well, maybe I'll just let this right, go, right. or maybe he'll, uh, you know, retaliate a little, but Mouth he'll, off he'll little go bit. for,
1: yeah, but he'll go for his, his enemies When When um, Dave Brown was traded back to the Western Conference, I was like, oh, this means we're going to reignite this rivalry situation, which is sort of a weird dynamic for, like, I, I feel like I don't, at least I don't notice it as much with other goaltenders where guys are just like, here are the people that I hate, <laughs> and every time we meet, we're going to have a problem. But with Jonathan Quick, I think because people know he's such a hothead, like, there are definitely dudes that he's like, I will go after you. <laughs>
0: You are going to get <laughs> yeah. it. And that's why we love
1: Jonathan Quick. <laughs> Oh, So messy. So entertaining. Off the ice, though, with the Kings, other things have been happening. Um, it is now basically the college signing period. One of them, there are a couple, actually, that are kind of high priority because now they finish their NCAA careers. Um, but one of them, the Kings are in on. His name is Zach Aston Reese. He was a player at Northeastern. Um, he's UFA. And there are a few other teams that are also in on it. Uh, Pittsburgh, um, Edmonton, Vancouver, San Jose, and Detroit are also trying to land this guy. He's a right winger. He was, or he ended up being a point per game player over his entire NCAA career. And um, a huge part of that is that because his most recent season was really good. He scored 63 points in like 38 games. So yeah, pretty decent player. Um, he's 22, I think. Something like that.
0: I I like the Kings going for a young player. I like going the Kings going for a young offensive you know forward as long as we're not looking for uh like as long as we're putting our eyes towards like college players that means we're not picking up old defensemen or uh random goalies so <laughs> yeah
1: this
0: c- this can really only be good
1: yeah and i've um i mean this isn't the first time they've gone to try to woo basically a ufa there was that brief period was it last summer, I think, with the goaltender who people were trying to sign? And they ended up not getting him. Um, And so it was encouraging to me to see that they're still trying to do this because I kind of wasn't sure. Like, they've obviously drafted some college players, but I wasn't sure if, like, going after UFAs was going to become a high priority. And this sort of makes me feel like, okay, maybe this is something they'll really try to pursue. And I don't know if any of them have expressed – a huge desire to come this far west because so many of those schools are like on the east coast and you would think a lot of those guys want to stay at least in that general area but i think it's cool for the kings to make an effort and see that maybe if they can make it happen
0: yeah why not
1: um one thing i found funny when i was looking at this a little bit was that there was this one quote about from um what is that guy's name that nhl maddie guy who we find hilarious because he always tweets mistakes over and
0: over oh my
1: gosh um, i'm blanking on his name right now but he's he is oh, iot um anyway he tweeted about how this player was available and that edmonton had some interest and he was like wondering if they were gonna he phrased it like try to sell him on life with connor which I found hilarious because Conor McDavid already has line mates. So it's not like you're, you can definitely say to this guy, if you come to Edmonton, you'll get to play with him. So just like the general of like, you will get to exist in the same place as Conor McDavid. You get to
0: breathe the same air. Are come you to in? to
1: Edmonton. Uh, I always just find that like approach of, of just sort of dangling a star player's, you know, existence as like the thing to bring people somewhere. I know it works, kind of, or it becomes, like, part of, you know, a factor, but it's still just, like, hilarious to me that that's the selling point.
0: Yeah, that, that you just get to be in their mere presence. Right, yeah. And maybe, like, by osmosis, you can be as wonderful as cool
1: as them. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, essentially, that's what happened with, like, when Milan Lucic signed with Edmonton. Basically, all he did was talk about how great Conor McDavid was, and that that's why he was there. And now he doesn't even play on the same line with Conor McDavid, but... Um, you know, and we've seen it with like Sidney Crosby, people who are like, I just wanted the opportunity to come play with Sidney Crosby, but it's still just like, kind of funny, but, um, and also kind of wild that one specific person, like, I just want to be around that guy. And also for it to be in this situation, a guy who like, like someone like Sidney Crosby, you're used to it now because he's older, but when it's like, here's this Like, (laughs) 20-year-old. Do you want to come hang out with him? Sure. How
0: do you deal with that as, like, the player? Like, how do you deal with that as, like, Sidney Crosby being – hearing quotes? I mean, yeah, Sidney Crosby is used to it, but, I mean, at the beginning, Mm -hmm. just knowing that these people were just coming to hang out with you. (laughs) Right, yeah. And, 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 like, wanting to play with you. Like, that's such a bizarre but really cool thing. Yeah, it
1: has to be weird. And I feel like that is the specific aspect of it, that they never – I won't say they never question them on, but they it never seems to come up enough that they're pressed, really, to answer that part of it. And maybe they won't until they're, like, long retired or something like that. Um, but it is fascinating because it's, like, a position that not very many people are ever in. All star players experience it to a degree if they've been with the same team forever or for a very long time. Um, yeah, But... It, nobody has probably experienced it in the same way that someone like Sidney Crosby has, and that Connor McDavid has already started to experience and will keep experiencing.
0: Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just wild to me. It's nuts. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a person who may or may not be someone to the King's Land. Um, again, he came from out of Northeastern, so who knows if he will. Be looking west especially when there are so many other teams that are interested although it seems like a number of them are actually western teams so maybe he'll come west anyway speaking of though kings and college players the la times actually just recently wrote a piece on paul Adieu and like how he's been adjusting now that he's played a number of games with the kings and he obviously came out of und um and he had this quote from the game the other night where he said quote it's pretty crazy i was a little star truck the first time he walked into the room It was unbelievable. I've got him and Marion Gabrick out there with me. So it's a little crazy knowing I grew up watching them play. They've been great guys. It's been fun hockey. He was asked about um, when Aginla came to the team, was that quote? And it's got to be a pretty wild ride for him to be like, I was playing in the AHL, and then all of a sudden now I'm here with these two veterans. Because even though Aginla and Gabrick have something to offer still, they're not – the Kings, like, top six guys. So, yeah, You if you are playing, like, second or third pairing, you could be playing could, <laughs> with Marion
0: Yeah, you could totally be on their line. <laughs> and just that, like, that's a thing that you would uh, think about when you were growing up and here you yeah. are in the NHL doing just that. That's amazing. Yeah, so
1: he's been, like, it's been pretty intense. And, of course, like, they brought him up essentially, you know, at a pretty crucial time. So for all of the guys, like, even if the Kings don't make the playoffs – for all of these rookie guys who've gotten calls up like it's pretty great experience and kind of makes me excited to see what happens next season um because I don't think the Kings will necessarily get exponentially better but it'll be cool to see how these guys have settled in and how they've developed a little bit more and um have an entire season to really try to make something work
0: and it's nice to see like the young guys succeed like i remember how excited we were when we could really watch like Tyler Toffoli mm-hmm. and Tanner Pearson coming into their own and little by little succeeding and then becoming integral parts of the team and to know that these guys are kind of on the cusp there and watching them, you know, blossom into the NHL players that we know that they can be. Uh, it's it's fun to watch, especially while we're always annoyed when uh, Lombardi trades away prospects and picks and things like that so we don't get to see that sort of progression. Right. So it's nice to see kind of like the evolution when people are young instead of just getting, you know, some old guy who's already – Uh, lived his career somewhere else. Something
1: that was interesting to me is that in that LA Times piece, too, they mentioned Forbert because he also went to UND. So Paul Adu and Derek Forbert were kind of friends before they came to the Kings. They knew each other, which is cool. But specifically, like, one of the things that Forbert talked about in terms of, like, adjusting as a rookie was he was saying that the Kings don't really treat you like a rookie, um, which I find fascinating because I feel like that's an aspect of the team that we don't get to know a whole lot about. I don't think it's necessarily purposeful, but, like, sometimes when I watch certain Eastern teams and stuff, too, they all they seem to always talk about how they have, like, the rookie party and these different things that they have rookies do for the team. is kind of long established. But because the Kings, especially in recent years, haven't had as many young guys come up consistently, like, they don't seem to have that atmosphere. atmosphere. And in general, they just don't seem to be a team that – at least in terms of inside the locker room, gets into kind of the, I don't know, like lighter sort of transitions. They don't pass around anything after wins. They don't, it doesn't seem like they have any specific like rookie activities, at least not that we know of, unless it's like you know, their secret pajama party type of vibe, (laughs) Um, (laughs) unless it's, like, something they create on their own, but just nothing specific to the organization, and so I think it's interesting that the guys, like, they do come up, and it's just like, all right, get in your spot, and now you're on the team, and let's see what we can do. (laughs) Okay, great.
0: Yeah, that they don't have to go through some sort of, like, hazing period or or something like that. There's not, like, an immediate, like, class difference between uh, the old guys and the and the rookies so yeah that's an interesting thing but also tell me more about your pajama (laughs) party
1: right right maybe that's like do you get to go to the pajama parties when you're a rookie I think so like I'm pretty sure like Tanner Pearson and Tyler Toffoli were at those things (laughs) so yeah I would hope so (laughs) so you know maybe like just tell me what's up there but it, it was just it just made me have this moment of like yeah I don't I have no idea if they do things that are specific to new players or something like that but it sounds like maybe they don't you're just part of the crew. Everybody's very chill in Southern California. That's pretty and nice. just all go to the beach together.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. You know what? Fair enough.
1: <laughs> um, that's fine. I'm down for it. I'm totally down for it. Um, I think that's pretty much all for like King's specific things this week. I mean, the story for them remains the same. they got to make the playoffs. They're trying really hard.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, man, I hate looking at the... Um, standing. I really <laughs> yeah. do. It's it's a, run. Uh, it's a little dis- it's a little discouraging. It's just a big sigh inducing thing. Each and every time.
1: Yeah. Part of the reason that that is very tough is because other teams, like, oh, the Calgary Flames won't stop winning. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Stop. Um, I mean, cool for them. They've, okay, so as of tonight, Monday night, they won their 10th straight game, tying a franchise record that was from like the late 70s or something. And now they have the opportunity to set anyone if they win an 11th game in a row. That is pretty insane for a team that people spent a lot of time writing off. And I feel like even this is different from a couple years ago where they kind of were randomly winning and... Like third period comebacks constantly, um, and everybody right. was like, "This is not real." <laughs> um, they're not an outstanding team now, but they are a little bit more consistent and a little bit more believable. So, and I am part of me is like, "Stop," because I need the Kings to do well. <laughs> but another part of me but is also like, it's "Fascinated." Kind of nice to yeah. yeah, where is this gonna go?
0: What's gonna happen with them? Yeah, it's 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 fun to see, but. Also, I would like them to stop. (laughs) Um, Be
1: done now. (laughs) But it's all right for now.
0: But, like, on the flip side, too, so the Flames doing really well with uh, winning their 10th straight game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Devils... Not doing so hot. Kind of quietly. Yeah.
1: I had not realized it until after that game on Saturday ended and it was just suddenly the headline was, oh, the Devils have lost their 10th straight game. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> How have yeah. I not been aware that it was this bad?
0: When did that happen? Uh, I like thinking back to the start of the season being like, oh, Taylor Hall, maybe he's going to help. No, nothing. Yeah. Uh, hasn't really done much. Um, obviously, the Devils need a little bit more. It's not like one player. Um is going to fix everything but i didn't think that at one point that they were going to have like a 10 game losing streak. yeah the
1: longest losing streak in the nhl this season so that's kind of an accomplishment um it's not the greatest one but it happened for them (laughs) but it's
0: a thing they're setting records
1: (laughs) so um rough going for them they are not rejoicing so much with a 10 straight thing um yeah it's it's kind of weird to go back to the flames really quickly, there was a strange moment, I think strange, between Sam Bennett and Jacob Truba got into a fight, which seems weird because they're both more like skilled guys, so why are they fighting? But then on top of that, they didn't they didn't just fight. They fought so enthusiastically that they both made each other bleed.
0: They like were wailing <laughs> on each other. Jacob Truba especially Uh, when, you know, when the fight ended and they were pulled away and you got a close-up on his face, you're just like, oh, what the fuck
1: (laughs) just happened to you? Yeah.
0: Did not know that Sam Bennett could throw such a punch. Like,
1: I know logically that face wounds bleed more, or appear to bleed more, right. but still, what? Are you, who, why are you fighting this hard? <laughs> Come on, please chill. They did not. Um, that was kind of wild to see happen. So interesting, crazy things happening around the Calgary Flames right yeah. now.
0: They really were just like flailing wildly getting <laughs> yeah. into that. It was kind of insane. It seemed so unexpected. I, I thought it was going to be just like a, a sort of chippy thing, you know, throw a few, few punches, and then call it a draw. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, that did not happen. Very
1: different, in fact. <laughs> yes. But that also, I guess to go from there, that is not the only incident that happened with the Winnipeg Jets. There was also the game between them and Pittsburgh in which Tom Sestito, who was called up for just one game, managed to hit um Tobias Enstrom against the boards with it was an illegal hit. And uh, Tobias Enstrom had to go to the hospital to be checked for facial fractures. And then afterwards, Sistito, when asked about it, said the onus has to be on the player with the puck. The players have to avoid going into the boards. But he made eye contact, me- eye contact with me, so I knew he was coming. Which just sounds so wretched. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Horrible. Just absolutely horrible.
1: Come on, man. I think he eventually did throw in a comment that was like, oh, I hope he gets better soon. But <laughs> that was not the like, focus. Like, as an aside, like, <laughs> by the way, yeah. someone's
0: gesturing wildly behind the reporters or a camera or something being like, think about the fact," <laughs> right. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I hope
1: he's okay. <laughs> oh, he's all right. I mean, it's his fault, though. Yeah. <sighs> that is wild to me. I don't understand. I mean, and that thinking is not really uncommon, I guess, in the NHL. I feel like it's becoming rarer, but, like, that idea with, whether it's hits on the boards, like, open ice hits, you hear it even more with, where it's like, oh, you should have had your head up kind of thing, and it's like, I don't know, maybe you should try to fucking kill somebody on the ice. Yeah. I don't know. Seems like you should be responsible also for yourself.
0: Yeah, he just, like, yeah, it's not an uncommon thought, but he was just so brazen in admitting it and, and like, laying out the blame yeah. when he was the one making the hit that it was just kind of jarring. But honestly, it's Tom Sestito, so I don't know what you what else you know we would expect from that. Yeah,
1: that is from him. another thing. So, like, first of all, the NHL did not agree with this at all because they suspended him for four games. <laughs> they were like, I don't care what you're talking about in terms of laying blame. Good- goodbye. You're not playing for four games. Yes.
0: Yeah. You make no sense whatsoever. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah.
1: So done. Um, but then to your point, Peralt on the Jets said – quote, not too sure what his role on the team is, really. (laughs) They call him up for one game, so it's not like he has a role. He comes out, maybe get a fight and do something stupid, I would say. Hit a guy from behind. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't think there's any room in this league for this kind of play anymore. Um, Phenomenal. I love it. Phenomenal. Gold (laughs) star. So good. He had a point, but also the phrasing is like petty level 100%. So great. Oh, yeah,
0: like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? (laughs) Who are you? We don't want you here anymore. It was so wonderfully done.
1: But then again, very valid. Like, why did the Penguins call him up for exactly one game? To do what? Especially when you have other prospects that are more skilled that they could have called up that they didn't. Um, I just don't really get the thinking there. Or the thinking of any NHL teams or GMs who decide to bring guys like that up, who have a history and who will probably continue to do really dumb things, and who don't have a whole lot of skill to contribute.
0: Yeah, it's like it's not worth it. It's, it's honestly what what other purpose would he be there for? Not to score goals, right? N- not to block shots, not to, you know, like I don't – honestly, unless you wanted him to go out and lay a questionable hit, that's all he was pretty much good for.
1: I mean, I've never seen any real action on this. I've seen a couple people suggest that there has to be a way to like penalize the, the coaches or the GMs or something. Um, and I feel like at this point you really kind of need that because otherwise they're going to keep – um doing that, but then also basically letting the player take the blame, which is fine. I mean, they're grown ass men, like <laughs> take accountability yeah. for your actions, but also they're like Tom Ceceto couldn't put himself on the roster, <laughs> so other I feel like other people should have some kind of responsibility for it too
0: like at at some point, you've got to be like like with Rafi Torres being like, we probably shouldn't give him a job anymore. right, exactly, yeah, because he's just going to
1: start hurting mm-hmm. people again because that's what he does. So um, now, unfortunately, Tobias Enstrom out with a concussion indefinitely, I believe. Um, I don't know. I couldn't find any conclusion on whether or not he had facial fractures. So I'm going to assume not, thankfully. But he does have a concussion. And that is really unfortunate, especially, again, from a guy who got called up for one game to contribute no skill and probably do exactly this.
0: Yeah, pretty much a bummer.
1: Other accidents, because they just are all over the place this week. Jacob Chikrin almost just accidentally murdered Shane Doan in a pregame warm-up. Um, it was a <laughs> very accidental sort of open ice hit. Like, Shane Doan is, like, helmet off, grooving, pregame warm-ups, and then his head is, he's not paying total attention, and at the same time, Jacob Chikrin is skating backwards. It looked so kind of cartoonish, because, like, Shane Doan, you can see his part of his body come forward and then like the middle part just kind of cave in as he snapped yep. back. It yep. was <laughs> very <laughs> wild. He had to get checked. Um for a concussion and go through all of that, but he eventually went, came into the game um, towards the end of the first period, so I think he's fine, but it was also just a wild moment to see happen. Well,
0: you don't expect that to happen during warm right, So yeah. so you're not bracing for it. You're just, you know, chewing gum and hanging out, and to have one of your teammates just try <laughs> right, to <yeah>. uh, demolish <laughs> you, uh, try to sestido you, right, right, um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very jarring.
1: Oh, man. He said later... Um, Craig Morgan tweeted that Shane Doan said, quote, I didn't even know it was him. I haven't been hit that hard in a long, long time. So he
0: doesn't know his power. Right,
1: yeah. A testament to Jacob Chickard's like strength. But at the same time, don't annihilate your captain. Not the greatest thing. Yeah. All okay, right. We're moving away from on ice craziness for a little bit or actually maybe towards somebody who is actually looking out a little bit for the the wear and tear. On players is PK Subban was actually on Bill Simmons' podcast recently and he expressed an interest in maybe one day doing something like, I don't know, becoming the commissioner of the NHL, um, which sounds amazing. The yeah, only like that would be wild because he would probably be the most entertaining commissioner of any major sports league. <laughs> um,
0: but then we couldn't have like the booing Batman parties. Oh, at, that's uh... true. During the Stanley Cup. Instead of just be cheers. That's that's nice. PK's lovely. (laughs) PK's lovely. I would love to hear his speech to, like, giving, and giving, like, the Stanley Cup
1: Oh, oh my God. He'd be so great at all of that. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, so he expressed an interest. And one of his key things, his idea, which he also admitted would never happen, but he said if it was up to him... He wants to play less games. He says, Our game is just as, if not more physical, than the NFL. And they play 16 games a year. We play 82, plus travel, plus playoffs. You're looking at the top teams in the league. Jonathan Tate has played over 100 games a year, probably consistently for the past five or six years. Think about the wear and tear on your body when that happens. Which is a very valid point. And he was like, he knows it's not going to happen because less games means less opportunities to make money off of people. um, Which is unfortunate. But... Uh, I think it was interesting and, I don't know, it was just really thoughtful, you know, for him to say that and that to be something that he's really concerned about. Um, Because I feel like, especially now when you have things like the Olympics coming up, when they want to do their own tournaments, etc. Yeah. It's like, and having bye weeks, it's like, all right, how can we have a bunch of games, but also compact the schedule more and more? It seems like a recipe for, uh, you know, disaster eventually.
0: Yeah, all of the top players falling apart because those are the players that are going – those are the players that are going to make you money, you know, all of those top name stars, but they're also the players that are going to be at, you know, your meaningless all-star games or uh, at the Olympics or at, like, World Cups or doing random one-off, like, charity things and just kind of, you know, really wearing them down, so – um, I do like, too, that – yeah, I, I agree. I like that PK is looking out for himself right, and <laughs> for right. his teammates. Um, but it's so unlikely that, that that would happen. But,
1: yeah, when you think about it, those guys put themselves through so much each year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's insane. And I think it – I wonder, too, if it would um, – I mean, I don't know. Constantly people are talking about the the product itself and, like, how can we change the rules to make hockey more interesting if there are fewer games – And guys did get a little more rest, a little more consistently. It could raise, especially down the stretch, kind of the caliber of the games because people are doing stuff out of desperation. But at the same time, the teams who have made the playoffs are like, we got to conserve as much energy as possible. Um, I don't know. Maybe to offset that too, like uh, John Rosen actually on Kings Weekly, I believe. Or or no, 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 that's wrong. It was on Saturday. And um, he was talking about how he still wants the NHL to go to that three-point – system for standings um and so maybe that would counter it a little bit because you could still have teams that like you know you go 10 games in a row and they're all worth three points that's insane <laughs> um right. and, and maybe that then you're not you're not like running yourself ragged in another way because parody is so close constantly all the time necessarily mm-hmm. um but you could still have fewer games so guys aren't you know get a little bit more rest in there somewhere i don't know
0: but it still keeps it dynamic, yeah. yeah.
1: It's kind of, it, I don't know, there there could be some things changed to the schedule rather than always changing the on-ice product that could maybe help the NHL and help the players at the same time. But again, they're like, less games, that's less ticket sales, <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it, it's like the bottom line business, and if it's, if that... If it's less money, it's highly elect- right, exactly. unlikely that that's going to happen. But it's nice to think about. Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: I and I like this imaginary world that P.K. Subban's drawing Yeah, up.
1: please make P.K. Subban the most handsome commissioner <laughs> Yes, in major sports. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Speaking of good-looking fellows, though, Brent Burns. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wear and tear on uh, players, Brent Burns and his... Uh, I guess signature smile, sure, yeah. or 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 lack thereof, <laughs> um, was you know lasered in on by the sharks, and they gave away Brent burn Brent Burns grills uh, that essentially look like those gummy like Halloween like Halloween <laughs> like yeah. <Halloween-like> teeth candy, <laughs> um, and it's phenomenal, and I really really would like yeah one. yeah
1: that, i thought that was a super clever thing to do it's
0: it's so funny i would just love to see an arena full of people wearing those teeth and then then also doing the um the like chomp oh my god <laughs> yeah just absurd i didn't
1: i didn't pay attention to like the game itself the night that they gave those away but if he had also scored on that night that would be amazing yeah i don't
0: i didn't follow it either so i don't know I think that there would have been a bigger deal made of that it. That is true.
1: Somebody would have wrote about it. If he
0: had, yeah. Missed
1: opportunity. Come on, Bradford. Yep.
0: <laughs> Honestly, that was his night, and he didn't do
1: it. <laughs> he should have got a hat trick that night. That would have been yes. insane.
0: And then instead of everyone throwing their hats and their teeth te- onto the ground,
1: I'm so <laughs> okay. sorry to the people that have to clean those up.
0: <laughs> uh, and then, like, and that's like the first game that you know someone out there is like, just just watch hockey with me. It's fine. It's fine. Like it's the first oh. <laughs> hockey game they watch. There's like
1: teeth flying on the ice. <laughs> like what the hell? Um, <laughs> what what sort of bananas game is this? <laughs> so this past Wednesday, the there was more discussion about like the expansion draft or whatever. And I guess in the GM's meetings that happened, they said that they kind of uh, are leaning towards wanting to make the protection lists a big secret, <laughs> so we would have no idea which players might end up as Golden Knights. Um, until it happens, until they are taken, <laughs> uh, which is dramatic, but also kind of weird because people really get into knowing who's protected and whatnot, and also seems kind of strange. Like, why do you need to do well, this?
0: Well, with all the secrecy that I, I, I get it with them, with like the GMs and like their love of secrecy, <laughs> right? Yeah. And like keeping all of their cards like to their chest.
1: Some people wondered if it was partially to spare the players too. Like if it would just be sad to know that your team hadn't protected you. But I feel like that can't possibly be totally it because I don't think it would be that surprising unless there are some surprising names in there. In which case I'm like, I need to know them desperately. <laughs> what exactly? What are you trying to hide? Um, but I feel like for the most part, like people could, probably guess pretty accurately who would and wouldn't be protected. Yeah,
0: I don't think like Andy Andreoff is under some sort of (laughs) notion that he's being protected uh, in the expansion draft and I assume that there's similar thoughts throughout the team. So uh, as much as I I like taking care of um, players' feelings, um, we're very big on feelings, (laughs) um, I feel like they are smart enough to know where they lie in the hierarchy of their team and it wouldn't be a surprise. Like they would know that they're on the cusp and maybe you know, someone else would get chosen over them, but they would still understand. I don't think they're that, you know, delicate or in the dark as to their value on the team. Right, exactly.
1: Although now I'm thinking maybe the cover-up is that players like Andy and are protected, (laughs) and they just don't want people to drag them for that. (laughs) That would be also kind of funny. Oh, God, that'd be hilarious, and also horrible. So we don't really... I mean, this isn't finalized. Those lists may come out anyway, but it was just something that they discussed being interested in. So um, we could reach a point where we don't know who was part of the Golden Knights other than the one player that we all know now. Because they do have at least, they have made one signing. So that's good.
0: Reed Duke, first player. He's going to live on in history for that, which is also kind of a really rad thing. Yeah. Like, whether or not it pans out with, you know, him being on the Vegas Golden Knights and whether or not this, you know, goes well for him in, like, his first season. It's awesome to be in the history books as, like, the first guy drafted for this, for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also liked the immediate jokes, like, oh, he's the most overrated player on <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights. He's also the most underrated player. He's also ba- their best and their worst player, because <laughs> that's all they have. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, man. Um, I also find it funny that when you type in Reed Duke into Google, the first thing that comes up is a really famous Magic the Gathering player. Uh, yes, that's amazing. You know, uh, and I'm just what an overlap. What a great time to be named Reduke, just making history all over the place.
0: Oh, uh, that's like another thing that you have to do. Uh, you have to be successful enough. Um, right, yeah. a hockey player to knock Reed, du- Reed Duke off of, like, the front page of uh,
1: the Google search. I really actually would just love it if some reporter accidentally assumed they were the same person, and it was just, like, became this weird rumor that Reed Duke, the hockey player, was also just super into Magic the Gathering.
0: Yes. Or, or like, even now, even if he isn't, he's just like, well, let's see what it's about, and then he just gets super <laughs> Yeah. Into
1: it. Let's go for it. I'm gonna start that rumor, actually. That
0: uh, Reed Duke is, they're actually the same person. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oh, man. Reed might be my favorite player now.
1: <laughs> I guess one more thing before we get out of here, because it's just kind of insane. There was a game in Norway recently that went to eight overtimes before it ended. Just thinking about that makes me want to die. <laughs> That's yeah. so many periods of hockey. And it like beat the previous record, which was from like 1913 or something crazy like that. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so they ha they interviewed a player from the winning team, Joey Tanute, and they asked him what it was like to be in a game that goes on that long. And even just the first sentence, he says, quote, I can't describe the feeling of really thinking that the game would never end. Can't <laughs> imagine that that could even exist. Playing in something like that, it's surreal. The longer it got, it almost seemed like it was dangerous to an extent. Oh,
0: I can imagine like people just hallucinating yeah, yeah. for like the, the fact that they were playing so long.
1: You just don't know anything else. This is where you will be for the rest of your life, is playing more and more periods of this." Same hockey game. Yeah, it's like the ground. It's like, didn't we already play this period? Oh, no. <laughs> Why has nothing changed? Can you move after something like that? I feel like I oh no. I would just be stuck in my bed.
0: Um, one of my favorite things is I think uh, someone tweeted out. Maybe like maybe it was like the actual police that tweeted out saying that um, family members were calling the police saying that their uh, their loved ones were missing uh, when really they just hadn't left the hockey oh, game no. yet because they were like, oh you know my. You know, my family were went to the hockey game, and they were supposed to be back by oh, now, man. and I haven't seen them. Like, I think they're missing, <laughs> and it's like, oh, you haven't heard. Okay, so that game is still going on. <laughs> they they're still, still trapped there. at the yeah. rink.
1: I liked the mention, too, about, like, how they're used to kids, like, hanging over the railing and high-fiving. But basically, at the end of this game, there was maybe one or two because all of the parents had to take their kids home. So it's like, not only do you play for, like, half your life in this game, (laughs) but when you finish, there's nobody there to, like, congratulate you on surviving it. It's kind of rough. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I love that they're just ordering pizzas um, and pasta and just, like, eating it in the locker room. Like, the opposing team just buying out everything in the concession stands (laughs) because it's gone on for so long. God, how do they
1: do this? How? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That has to be bizarre, too. Because when when I'm focused on a task, like, I don't really think about eating. So being in a situation where you're that in in it and that exhausted, but also somebody's like, but eat this pizza. Like... (laughs) That is a whole other thing that's changing gears too much in the middle of something very intense to me and yet is extremely necessary.
0: I would have, like, thrown up in the middle of (laughs) the Yeah. Just being like, eat this pizza because you need the strength, but then also go out and play.
1: It sounds bad. Yeah, no good. Oh, man. But uh, they did survive it, and um, they probably have had some nightmares about it, a couple of them, where they're just still stuck (laughs) in the same hockey game. I felt like after that, especially, like, I don't know how soon after they have to play again, but you would hope that they had a few days. Because if you got even just like one day off and had to go back, I'd be like, it's too soon. I haven't recovered. I can't do this.
0: Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't want to look at a rink again, my skates again, a stick again, <laughs> yeah.
1: like nothing. I'm done. I'm going on vacation.
0: I, I mean, I don't like the shootout, and I I wonder if anyone was like begging for a shootout. Right. Like, like, <laughs> why, why must we continue
1: just this? help us out. Yeah. Can, yeah, can you mercy rule for both teams? Yes. If,
0: if, if everyone on the team agrees, can we just, like, tap right. out and do a <laughs> yeah. or something?
1: I feel like that should be an option just to save us all. Man. All right, so I think that is pretty much everything we got. Any other thoughts from you before we go? No,
0: I just have the lingering hope that somehow everyone else is terrible and that the kings get better, but my... My hope and optimism is kind of dwindling.
1: Yeah, I felt like like just just extremely jealous when the Flames won their game because earlier <laughs> in this season I was like, "All right, the Kings, I'm waiting for you to go on your like eight game win streak or whatever. Come on!" <laughs> and they haven't, and all of a sudden the Flames did it instead, and that's just super not what I asked for. Um, You're from like reaching universe. out, being like, "That should be us." <laughs> yeah.
0: That should
1: be us <laughs> Like, you know, hand stroking the TV. Like, why? Yep. <laughs> That's me. I'm just extremely envious. And I really do hope the Kings put together some wins. Uh, I don't know if I trust it, <laughs> but I'm going to keep hoping yeah, for I'm it.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly not going to bet on it, but I'm hoping for it.
1: All right. Um, hopefully next week we are both pleasantly surprised and Adrian Campe has scored more goals and Trevor Lewis has scored more goals and the Kings have won more games um, because we need them. But until then, folks, you can find us on Twitter as always. Um, We will talk to you next time. Be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye, folks. Bye, everyone.